Welcome, everybody, to the King Pepper Snake Show. I'm your host, Harry J. Raleigh. Oh, man, it's the end of the world as we know it. Man, everything has gone to shit. Everything is gone. Houses are blown over. Dogs are eating men. Men are eating dogs. Butts are getting tossed. Salads are getting wiped. It's chaos, man. It is nothing but chaos. Uh, for those of you uh, who don't, man, I'm not even going to say for those of you who don't know. Everybody knows. Even people in prison know. All right. There's a virus going on. The world is gone. I don't know. Like, I often, well, the world's not gone. All right. I'm, I'm being a little uh, dramatic. Uh, um, I live in Washington State. And uh, you know what? I, I t I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you um, how it came on my side. So, uh, you know, we've been hearing about uh, uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 as they uh, as they have named it. Uh, you, you heard about it over in China. And, you know, you know for somebody like me, I'm in my um, mid-30s. We've 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 seen this before, you know, H1N1, swine flu, uh, um, SARS, MERS, you know. So when you hear about oh, there's a coronavirus going around in China, you're like, whoa, that's that sucks, but that's also China, you know, because a lot of things, you know, a lot of things come out of China, and that's not to be. That's not to be racist. That's that's you know how they're um, how they uh, um like certain groups go to those wet markets and stuff like that. I watched a whole video um, on um, YouTube about it from uh, Vox. Um, check it out. Just type in uh, Vox uh, wet market, and it um that video will pop up. And uh, so you know, there's always something weird and they got you know they got what a billion um people in that country so they have a you know they have a greater chance of coming up with like something you know with some newfangled um illness or something and so you know when you first hear about it you're like well yeah sounds about right but you know just like all the other viruses and and stuff like that uh, um illnesses it doesn't you know, hit hard, you know, it doesn't hit, um, very hard over, over here. Like a, a couple of handful, like when we had Ebola, when Ebola was gone all over the place again, Ebola's, you know, like Madonna, you know, it just keeps coming back. Uh, and, um, so, Everybody, you know, in America is just going about their their business, and um, the first three months of the year were were going great for me. I had, you know, a bunch of shows. Things were going um, really well. 
uh, had this club date in Richland, Washington. Uh, that's like Southeast Washington. For those who don't know the geography of um, Washington State. Uh, and when I, the whole time I was, you know, we, we didn't really think anything was about to happen until uh, that Tuesday or Wednesday when, you know, started hearing stuff about people um, in Seattle, in the Seattle area, like getting it a bunch, like a bunch of people in Seattle um, having it. And, uh, uh, but I didn't think it was going to, you know, affect because, you know, we're, we're, we're Americans and well, I, I think it's human nature to, to just go, I don't think that's going to, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. And like, if you see, like, have you ever been driving on a snowy road and you, and you stop at a stop sign or something or you're going through a green light and somebody's trying to stop at a stop sign or a red light but they just keep sliding and you're like it's not gonna it's not gonna hit whoa it, it, oh, 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 oh. It, it's kind of like that so i get down to richland on the 12th that's uh that was a thursday and they're like you know you know and everybody's being very cautious and 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 uh they're like oh no at the time, there were like no groups bigger than 250. And I was like, well, there's not even 250 seats in here. So I should be good. And we got seven people? No, we, we got more than that. We got like 20 people, I think. And uh, I was like, man, you know, I spent money on advertising and, and all this stuff. And... Uh, And, and, you know, and I was, you know, being disappointed for myself, not even thinking of the grand scheme of things, not in a, um, not in a lost money aspect, but in a, man, I can't even draw, um, that many people. And then that Friday was when it, when it really hit the fan and people were like, oh man, they're, they're telling people to stay home, uh, you know, they're telling people to, to avoid crowds. And I was like, oh, man, this is the worst possible time. And that Friday, we got, I think we got about the same amount of people. You know, and that's a Friday. So, uh, that was the 13th. And uh, Saturday was when uh, I was like, man, this weekend is a... a this weekend is a wash. Uh, and that's when I think, I think that Friday they dropped it down to like 50. And I was like, well, you can still have a crowd, but, and you know, at the time nobody knew, you know, nobody knew what to do. We were just still, um, everybody was still just being cautious. You know, uh, I was washing my hands a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, because I have lupus. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to catch, you know, I don't want to, you know, I have a compromised immune system. I don't want to catch something and it just goes crazy in my body. So I was washing my hands a lot. I have hand sanitizer in my, um, in my, uh, 
camera bag. So I was using that as well. And, uh, man, when I came back, man, that's when it all uh, got shut down. That's when the governor shut everything down. Uh, and uh, been in quarantine. My girl, um, my girlfriend uh, who works at a, um, a beauty school, she um, has been working from home. My daughter, uh, who lives with her, with her mom, she hasn't been over. I haven't seen her about yeah, it's about two weeks now because I didn't see I didn't see her on I saw her on that Tuesday um, of the week that I left, and um, and and I haven't seen her since because um, when I was coming back. Um, she said um, everybody in her house was sick and she didn't want to come over here and, and give it to me. And now, you know, with the quarantine, you know, she can't really, you know, she can't, um, you know, come over uh, because she doesn't, you know, she's, she's very afraid of like um, giving me uh, COVID and I end up getting sick because uh i mean that uh what they call it i mean that um risk group so i mean i understand but at the same time i'm like man i want to see my baby uh so a lot of you know a lot of things have been going on i mean everybody else you know is quarantined and they're like all um you know they're getting a little cabin fever I mean, to me, you know, this is like my daily life. You know, I'm a comedian. I spend most of my time, uh, I spend the majority of my time inside and I will venture out somewhere every now and then. But most of the time I'm sitting here, I'm either writing something or uh, consuming you know, watch a TV. You know, I'm I'm doing the things that people are doing now, but this is just my regular life. Uh, before they shut um, the wildlife refuge down, uh, I went out there, and because of the quarantine, there was way more people out there than usual. You know, they, they have like this drive that you can go through, and I like to drive through the wildlife refuge and stop at certain points that I've noticed animal activity so I can uh, see if I can get a um, photo. And most of the time I had to keep moving because there was always a car behind me or there were people um, in a way where I didn't want to uh, stop and either block their view or uh, look like I was being creepy or anything, uh, which is weird, you know, because you know, you're being out in the wilderness. I don't think there's anything creepy about being out in the weird wilderness. If you're out in the wilderness and you see somebody else there, you, you just got to assume they're doing something creepy. It's the woods. You know? At the very least, they're pooping somewhere. You know? Excuse me, I'm getting all gassy and shit now. And, uh... And now they've closed that down. I went out there yesterday couldn't even go out there so um they've closed like 
if there's any public access to a lake or something in Washington State, they've closed that down. Which, you know, as a photographer, I don't need the public launch area to take photos. Um, but for like, there's this area in um, near where I live. There's a lake out here. And uh, most of the um, shore is public access. So um, you have to go through a gate to even get to that side. But here's the thing. If they lock that off, you're, you're now like uh, 60 yards away from the shoreline, which, you know, if you're looking for things like osprey, you know, things that fly over the water mainly, you, you're farther away, so you can't get, you know, it. it's always in wildlife photography, you always want to uh, get as close as possible uh, to the animal it, in a in a safe manner. You know, if, if it's a rattlesnake, you don't want to be right up on it, but you want to get close enough that when your lens is focused on the animal, it's nice and close, you know, it's filling the, the frame, so to speak. I'm talking photography talk. Um, so there's no usual um, format here right now. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be pessimistic as always, but I do have a list and it's appropriate. It is my top five favorite post-apocalyptic movies. And um, I didn't, I didn't, some of these, I mean, all of them are popular movies. I don't think there's too many uh, um, like cult classics that I liked about the post-apocalypse. Um, but that's my top five list. Uh, top five most, well, not most, I think I'm having a seizure right now. Top five of my favorite post-apocalyptic movies. Let's get into it. Number five, Avengers Endgame. I like this movie, and I count it as a post-apocalyptic movie because a large-scale event decimated the planet. You know, if half the population right now died, it would be a crippling, it, it, it would be just, I, I mean, it would be on a scale unimaginable. Think about this. The Spanish flu killed 50 to 100 million people. Back then we had about what? In 1918, we had about, we had three, four million, something like that, two, three million, something like that. Uh, that's, you know, by what, five to 10%? Uh, I'm not good at math, so don't, don't quote me on that. Imagine if 50% of seven billion people just went, just poof. I mean, in Avengers Endgame is different because there's not bodies anywhere. Everybody just disappears. So that's convenient. You know, if we had to deal with uh, three and a half 
to four billion bodies, that, uh, we would just be burning them. There's nothing you could do. You would just have to burn them and just put up like a, 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 a like a big old billboard that just has everybody's na um, name on it from every um, town. That that's basically all you could do. That it would be, it would be unprecedented. I mean. Rent would probably be cheap, but at the same time, I'm probably not going to be one of the lucky um, 50%. I'm probably going to be dead. So, because um, think about it. I mean, Thanos might seem like he doesn't have, you know, he might be um, in it for the good, but come on. He's just like anything else, any other sentient being. He's got to have a bias somewhere. You, I'm pretty sure he's like, all right, I want to kill half of everything, but I want it to be heavy-handed on people who park in handicapped spots. You know, like he might have a list. He, what if, what if he's racist? I mean. I don't know. The, the movie didn't show. I mean, he's an alien. He's purple. So, I mean, it. it I, I mean, color's probably not a thing to him. He's probably banged like a burgundy person or something. But what if he's just like, hmm, I don't know. All right. 50% of everything on the planet. Every, 50% 50, 50 of every living organism and every Mexican. The, what? You know, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it. I'm pretty sure he's got something against um, black people. I'm just going to say it. I don't know, but I think he's got something against black people. I think Thanos is a neo-Nazi. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think Thanos is... He, he's a Bertha. I, I, I just... I, I, don't, I don't know, but I think... He is in the Aaron Brotherhood. Don't quote me on that. All right. Don't want to be sued. That's number five. Avengers Endgame. Number four. Mad Max Fury Road. I've seen the other Mad Maxes. I'm mad. Mad Max. I've seen the other ones. And I like this one because it's newer. So it's shinier. Um, I got to stop with the lip. Smacking. I when I when I read, listen to these, and I hear myself lip smacking. I'm like, good gracious! It sounds like I need a bottle of water. Uh, but Mad Max Fury Road was an enjoyable movie. It just it just gets you right into it. It just gets going. Um, as soon as you sit down, I love that. Uh, and. It's more of a cartoonish, and you will see this is the only, well, I mean, other than Avengers. Avengers is the definition of a cartoonish post-apocalypse, but this is more of like a, hey, everything is wild and crazy, and, and everybody's wearing football um, shoulder pads for some reason, and and there's a guy with a flame guitar and and, and all that. I, I I like this one because it's more like a like what I would expect like like a metal band to want the apocalypse to be just you know just 
shredding a guitar and and banging women and, 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 and stealing water from pirates. You know, just cool, crazy stuff. Uh, so that's number four, Mad Max Fury Road. Number three, Children of Men. Uh, when I saw this movie, and I can't remember when it came out, but when I saw this movie, it it changed the way I saw movies. Uh, it changed the way I see Clive Owen. Uh, for those who don't know, if you haven't seen it, um, it's a future coming up pretty soon, 2021, where there are... Uh, where all the women have become infertile, which I think that's kind of messed up that they kind of put that all on the ladies, you know, uh, kind of, you sure it's the ladies? You, you, you sure? You sure it's not the dudes? You sure they're not shooting blanks? You, you sure they're not pow-powing instead of kapow, kapow? All right, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just asking. Uh, so everybody's infertile and the youngest person on the planet died and there's terrorists for some reason I forget why there was terrorists I just remember that bomb scene and it was super cool um, but then they found out that a lady is pregnant and everybody wants her you know because everybody wants to be involved with the with the baby they probably just want to you know, put as many babies as possible in her. And then the rest of the movie is him trying to get her to safety. And it's a very touching, uh, very um, gritty movie. I mean, it's not The Road, but it's, uh, it, I thought it was a, a, a really good, uh, because it was, it was post-apocalyptic, but it was post-apocalyptic, but you could see like, all right, it was, things were still going on is what I'm trying to say. Like people, you, you, you know, people are still going about their business, even though the world, you know, is, there's, there's at a certain point, there's only going to be one person left on the planet. You know, that's got to be a very, um, a very uh, sad reality, and uh, it, it it was a great movie. I I think I've only seen it twice, but uh, the older I get, the more I try to avoid movies like that. Um, so I haven't watched it recently. But that's my number three: Children of Men. Number two: Book of Eli. Um, first of all, it's got my favorite actor in it: Denzel, my man, Washington. All right. Um, this is about a dude who's going about the, who's going across the country. He's got to deliver a book, and um, people want this book. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's a very um, important book. And um, and man, I see if I if I get into my critique of the movie. Um, I kind of spoil a little bit of it, so I can't really get too much into it, but 
Um, it, it's it, it's more of a Mad Max type of apocalypse than a Children of Men apocalypse in that, um, you know, like a lot of people have been wiped out instead of like people still remaining, you know, on Earth and everything's functional. It's basically just a guy walking through the desert um, thing, except for ammunition for some reason. Ammunition is still plentiful. But um, we ran out of everything else. And I, and I just like it because it, it's good on the action. It's good on the acting. Uh, I mean, it's a little like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. But I, I still I still enjoy it. And it's my number two favorite apocalyptic movie. Post-apocalyptic, I mean. Book of Eli. And number one, number one in your booty hole. I hope you understand that thing about it. Number one, Contagion. I like, um, I like this movie because out of all the other four that are on my list, this one is, this one is what I feel would most likely take place. I feel like all the other stuff, you know, besides Children of Men, I feel like Children of Men is second most likely to happen. Avengers Endgame is not going to happen, all right? You know, I wish there was a Hulk. I wish I was the Hulk. I can just remove stumps for people out of their, out of their yards, you know, charge them $30, and I could just throw it to Switzerland or something, you know? Um the tree stump that is. Uh, contagion uh, starts off, people are getting sick and um, dying a couple days later. And it just shows how that would go. And I think I've seen this movie like three times. It's a really good movie. It goes from medical procedural to uh post-apocalyptic and then comes back around again in his runtime and I really like that because my problem with um, post-apocalyptic movies is that it always feels like people forgot like we wrote stuff down we have books we, we wrote stuff down and uh like some post-apocalyptic movies will say stuff like, oh, we burned all the books or we got we got rid of all the books that led us down this path. So that's why we're no longer using technology because technology and it's like, come on, man, that's just a flimsy. That's a flimsy excuse to show dirty people. I, I feel like if the apocalypse is going to happen, if, if, if you're going to have an an apocalypse, you're not just you're not just going to forget how dams work, all right. You're not going to forget how electricity works, okay. I'm pretty sure out of the seven billion people, we're going to have a couple of engineers still left over that be like, oh, let's just put that wire right there. Like, no, we're not going to have mass produce. We're not going to have the iPhone 12, you know, but. We, we would at least be able to keep things 
uh, running. You know that that's what I, f- I feel like. I feel like if you had a couple hundred people in an area that had like you know certain resources, you would be able to maintain that that area. Probably not spick and span, but you'll probably do a pretty good job. You know, now if if it's because of war, that's different. But even then, you will still be able to to do rudimentary things. Like we didn't forget how to build a windmill. We can still do that. You can still be able to use machine power for stuff. I'm pretty sure a lot of people know how to at least read how to put things together and if we you know it would take a while but we could still get back and that's why um movies um contagion is such a a good movie to me because it shows a more balanced and realistic thing that people will be scared because this thing is um this virus is killing people um uh people would start doing kind of messed up things uh, and and pretty soon we would we would tackle it. We would find a way to tackle it, and then we because um and, and this is something that I feel like um the news isn't um talking about that much. But viruses don't just pop up out of nowhere, you know. There's gotta be there's gotta be a source for there's gotta be a source to if you're sitting in your, if you're sitting in your house right now by yourself you can sit there for a million years and you're not and if there's not if a, you gotta have a virus has to be present for you to get it so it's not like it's not like say all right say we have uh like contagion for instance and there's a virus and it's and it's hit all these people, but it's nobody at a certain line has it, and everybody that has it is on another line. All those people die. Now the virus might still be on surfaces and stuff, but it's not. It's not in you, so you you're good to go. It's like a it's like a rattlesnake. If it's not in your pocket. That was kind of weird to say in your pocket. But if it's not near you, it can't bite you. So if the virus is in Florida, but you're in Washington, unless somebody brought it to you, you, you're pretty good to go. So contagion shows you like at some point we either tackle it or it'll go away and... uh and we would get back to normal, which, you know, you got to put normal in big ass um, apostrophes because uh, I think with what we have right now going on, uh, the world is not going to go back to what we call normal. This is like a this is a nine eleven event, you know. It's not going to go back to. Uh, Normal. Remember before 9-11? You could just just walk in the airport and be like, alright, I'm gonna go touch this plane now. Can I go can I go um can I go on the runway real quick? I just wanna see what, how how it's going on. Let me sit in this engine. 
Let me twirl that turbine real quick. Remember that cliche where the, the guy would run through the airport and get to the um the boarding gate and talk to the love of his life and be like, I always loved you. Blah, blah, blah. You can't do that now. And I feel like a lot of things are going to change because of um, COVID. And I'll talk about that later once I close this out. That's my number one movie, Contagion. So my top five movies, my top five post-apocalyptic movies, Avengers Endgame, Hulk Smash, Mad Max, Fury Road, Fire Guitar, Children of Men. Once again, A Black Woman Saves the Day, Book of Eli. Spoilers. He's blind. And number one, Contagion. Matt Damon with a shoddy. That is my top five, man. Now let's get back into talking. Oh, sorry. I wasn't talking into the mic. Let's get back to talking about how things cannot be the same after this. Uh, once somebody tells you how easy it is to spread um, germs and stuff, can you go back to just digging in your ass and not washing your hands? I mean, I've already heard people talking about stuff like, man, I'm not going to a buffet again. Think about it. Buffets are a thing with people with nasty ass people walking around, we still have buffets. And I'm not gonna lie, I love going to Corral, but think about this, there's just nasty people who digging in their butt, you know, touching all the utensils, probably digging their dirty fingers in the food, and now you gotta eat it? How, how is that gonna function? You know, how how is the government gonna tell us um, how how is the government going to complain about how something costs money, but yet they put one and a half trillion dollars, just pump that into the stock market? That's something they did. They put that into the stock. Do, do you know what that could do for the average American? One and a half trillion dollars. There's about 320 million people in this country. One and a half trillion dollars. I mean, you're not making everybody rich, but I bet you, you can knock on some goddamn sprint bills with that. I guarantee you people will be able to get that boot off their car. And you spent that $1.5 trillion amongst the actual people instead of propping up a goddamn company corporations that still that are still gonna lay people off and I don't and I, I I do not understand this thought this thought process what a, a, a hedge fund manager knows what's best for the average man other than that average man get the hell out of here It boggles my mind. It boggles. Look, you know, we have conservatives that listen to this. We have progressives that listen to this. But 
one thing has to be known, and that is at what point do we keep propping up the rich on the back of the poor? Huh? How, how, how do we keep doing it? First of all, they make millions. Don't pay they, their fair share. I pay more in taxes than Amazon did. I guarantee Amazon didn't pay any taxes in 2017. I paid taxes in 2017. It was only $300, but I paid it. So, you mean, so, then we, we take the tax money that comes from people who are just living paycheck to paycheck. We take that money, and then we go, oh, here are corporations. Here's a little bit of money to keep you, to keep you upright while you fire the person that taxes help you stay upright does that does that make sense let's keep you afloat while you put the average man in cement shoes and throw him into the deepest lake you can find um and something this has to i mean this is not going to be a wake-up call man people are still going to be just as dumb as before, but at some point, some someone has to say, "Man, we working people are getting screwed both ways." If you if you work for a, a corporation, a large or a large business, and the CEO is making, you know, multiple times more than you. Even though you are, you are actually, your labor is actually making a product and his labor is exploiting your labor. That's his, that's his job. His job is to exploit your labor. Your labor goes at least to an end product. Even if it's a service, it, the service is the end product. But if you have a CEO of that company, his, his concern is how do he exploit his workers so that everybody who invested in the company um, enriches themselves more. So, so you have a system where people, where people at the top get to take the biggest risk, and then they can get rewarded for it. Of course, you're going to make stupid decisions. Of course, you're going to be. Of course, your company is going to be basically a month of stagnant um, sales away from going bankrupt if you got people behind it that are still getting rich no matter what they do. And it's, and it's insane to me how uh, Congress think they did such a good job by giving people a $1,200 check. Oh, you give people a $1,200 check. Most people's bills are not twelve hundred dollars. The app, like a hot, well, you know, they it's not it's for a sing, twelve hundred dollars for like a, a a single person in that that's you know that meets that certain 
criteria. So you got a family, you'll be getting a little bit more. So that should help with, um, with every, with, you know, expenses, but it's still not close to what a CEO would be bring, bringing in. Man, I, I, I sound like I um, took some NyQuil, but it, it boggles my mind how we, how we as a people kind of forgot the main purpose of society. society. The entire purpose of a society is we pool resources together, help those that need to be helped, when being on your own would not afford you those same benefits. All right. And, and, and we just kind of forgot that. And we're just like, well, you got to fend for yourself. Oh, but you got a hundred. Like Jeff Bezos is asking people to donate to, um, to Amazon workers. It's like, motherfucker, you make, you got $160 billion. You donate. Donate a billion dollars. That dude, that dude could break off two billion dollars right there. Bam, bam. Just break, just break it off like somebody with a knot in their pocket and still be fine. This is how rich Jeff Bezos is. Jeff Bezos is so goddamn rich that when he got divorced from his wife and his wife got her chunk from the divorce. She became one of the wealthiest people on the planet. That's how fucking wealthy he is. He's so wealthy that his main squeeze got wealthy from touching his dick. And you mean to tell me that this person needs our help to, to help his Amazon? Get the fuck out of here, man. Do you know how many um, USB cords I've bought off of Amazon? You could take a couple of those nickels and... um. And help your workers? The fuck out of hand. All right, I think that's enough for me. I'm starting to get loosey goosey with my words. I think that's I think that's what happens. I, I talk long enough, and then my my words just start. I'm not I'm not really I'm not really a long talker. You know that's why my podcast usually lasts between 15 to 30 minutes. This might be the longest podcast we've ever done. Let me see. 43 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty long. Hey, man, uh, take care. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. Um, I really want you guys to, to stay safe. If you if you are quarantined and you want some entertainment, check me out on uh, Spotify. I got two albums out there. I got YouTube videos. Hit me out on uh, Instagram. I got sketches on that. Facebook got sketches on that. Hit me up at the King Pepper Snake Show at yahoo.com. Yes, it is a Yahoo account. Um, I don't care. Uh, and uh, stay safe. Don't touch your face after you dug in your butt. And uh, hopefully I'll see you next week. Unless the world ends. And I'll probably still record because I ain't got shit else to do. Bye-bye.